Try not to have any fun with this one. This is the FFL Podcast. I'm your host, Hot Dog. Each week, my fellow general managers and I discuss our mediocre Yahoo Fantasy Football League and talk some friendly shit with each other. I dare you. Hello, fantasy footballers. I'm here with Dorsey. How's it going this morning, Dorsey? I've been like generally good. My team, not so much, but I would ignore my season, but I'm not giving up. Nice. Um, my season's going pretty well. We'll get into that a little bit more um, in a bit, but <laughs> <sure> we will. <laughs> but uh, we um, we have a special interview. I I hung out with Craig to watch the Chargers game. Craig's a Chargers fan, so we watched the Chargers get annihilated together over the weekend, and and we stole a few minutes to record a quick segment. Uh, he didn't listen to it. It's um, it's a highly edited segment because I had to explain to him the entire history of the IR spot. We've been over that ad nauseum on the podcast at this point, so I didn't want to repeat everything. Uh, so I'm going to jump into that conversation now, picking up at roughly three weeks ago um, after telling Craig about the history of the IR spot with COVID and all of those things. So here's the conversation with Craig. Fast forward to this season, and you have no idea that any of this stuff had ever occurred. Correct. And so you began using an IR spot, and it became a topic of conversation on the Facebook group. Did it. Yeah. And it's totally new information to me. I just use it as a traditional IR spot. And so, um, so part of the conversation was the folks who were they were against the use of it last year were kind of you know pushing the hey like what's going on like this isn't like what we'd agreed on at the same time there's no way to turn it off during the season so there was no way for there to be any like definitive corrective action it was going to be like scouts on or the rest of the year um frank jumps into the thread and he's like we just got craig back in the league i'm not <laughs> I'm not going to rock the boat. <laughs> I had no idea that this was the IR spot was like supposed to be for this purpose. Like if, I, if somebody told me that, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like I've basically been holding on to one garbage player all year, just thinking like, oh, he might, he might turn into something. And I have this IR spot. I might as well use it. Like I, I'm definitely has paid me no benefit. I'd be perfectly happy to just drop my worst player. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really think it's a big deal or should be made into a big deal. So, I guess we have to figure out how we're going to do IR next year because we probably should have everybody in the league agree on it. Or tell them what the rules are so that it doesn't turn into a thing well, and then but, gets blamed on a, on a group he's not on. But that, but that would involve Frank being a good commissioner, which yeah. that's the next question is <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about Frank's, <laughs> Frank's lack of consistency on what he's enforced on the IR spot over the past couple of seasons? I mean, seeing as my fantasy teams are all – turn into garbage within weeks. I think it's perfectly fine to have a garbage commissioner in charge of my garbage teams. Last week I equated Frank's inaction on this IR spot to the NFL kind of like having a blind eye towards like murderers and wife beaters and yeah, 
He's he's a he's a perfect Goodell like fantasy clone. Hey, Frank the Commissioner. I just wanted to clarify something. I, I noticed Dorothy picked up on this, but it seemed like George compared my ruling or anti ruling on the IR spot to apathy towards domestic violence and murder. And that's not what we're talking about here. And I just want to make it clear that if we were and I had to make a ruling on those two things, I would definitely say we cannot do those things in our league. Um, I mean, obviously, if you want to fly Instagram models in for handies, that's okay. Go Browns. <laughs> <laughs> so the Browns didn't do so hot last week. I played Shauner. I always love it when I play either Frank or Shauner and narrowly beat them. And the Browns also lose. <laughs> so I, I got to put that uh, little notch on the totem pole this season yet again. Uh, I only beat Shauner, however, by two tenths of a point. And it looked like it was impossible for me to win up until the very last minute. We'll get to this in a little bit, but uh, Shauner did not win the Best Bench Award this week, even though he had a couple 20-point receivers on his bench, either one of whom would have handily beaten me. So now I'm the target, Dorsey, at the top of the standings, and I'm 6-1. and one. I'm in first place all alone. I don't feel comfortable here, and... Uh, I'm going to play you this voicemail that Scott sent in last night. Hey, fantasy footballers. It's Scott. I was calling to um, talk to Hot Dog about his thoughts on his 6-1 and one record. He's in first place. Looking pretty good on that perch there. Last week he said, you know, he hoped my team got injured. So I was wondering how he feels about, you know, having the eighth most points scored in the league, but being in first place. He also has the least amount of points scored against him. So I'm just wondering, does he think that can hold up? Is he just really lucky and he's bound for some bad luck? Or does he have a good team? I'm just wondering. What are your thoughts on that hot dog? <laughs> yeah, I've got lots of thoughts on this, as you can imagine. I'm sure you've put a little bit of time thinking about that topic. Yeah. Well, I, I, so, so first of all, there's some historical precedent here. Um, in 2019, which was the first year that we did the podcast, that was the year where we were, we were just posting it only as videos on the private Facebook group. I started out that season super hot. I was four and one. Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen were both doing super well up and down my roster. I was pretty happy with how everything was going. And then all of a sudden I didn't have either of those two guys and injuries played a, a pretty big part of my season story. And I wasn't able to GM my way into some new pieces. I ended up the season in last place. So between weeks six and, and 13, I tanked from the top of the standings to the bottom. I made it a little bit further this year. I just lost one of the top running backs in the league, um, the rookie Brees Hall. I think he was 
he he probably would have been the fifth highest scoring running back after week seven had he not gone out in the second quarter with an ACL injury. And I'd already lost Javante Williams from Denver a couple weeks ago to an ACL injury. So I don't expect to keep winning at the pace that I've been winning. I'm hopeful that a six and one start is enough to keep me in the winner's bracket, but it's starting to look like, I mean, I spent, uh, I don't even, I hate saying this. I probably spent an hour and a half to two hours over the last four days trying to figure out a strategy on running backs and fuck you, Scott, you've got everybody locked up and there's nothing available. I couldn't even imagine a scenario where like four different running backs got hurt and I was able to find somebody to, to get my lineup back into good shape. There's nobody to trade with other than Scott. And so I think I'm going to be praying for health for my two remaining decent running backs for the rest of the year. Luckily, both of them are beyond their bye weeks, so I don't have to scramble. Um, but in terms of my record, I went and looked at everything week by week. And I feel like it's fair to say that I should be about four and three right now. I had four weeks so far this season where my score that week was in the top half of the league. And I had three weeks where it was in the bottom half of the league. So I don't, I don't know how anybody else thinks about this, but I'm basically looking at everything on a week by week basis. I think the, um, the the season long points scored for and points scored against are they can be misleading stats but on a week to week basis i feel like i'm doing about as well as i can and luckily i've gotten a couple of favorable draws against some teams that underperformed so my record's a little bit better than it probably should be but um how do you look at that in terms of are you, are you just focused week in, week out, Dorsey? Or are you are you like paying attention to macro trends for team scoring and teams that are getting a lot of points scored against them? First off, did you pronounce it Adam Tehelin? Is it Tehelin? I, I thought it was Thielen. I've been pronouncing it Thielen for years. Uh, I might have just mispronounced it. <laughs> I have no idea, though. <laughs> How old is that guy? He's amazing. Um, yeah, I, obviously you want the trends. You want uh, to be a team who puts up points, but at the end of the day, it's all luck anyway, right? I mean, you, yeah. The circumstances that landed rookie Kenneth Walker in a position with like all of the runs for Seattle for the rest of the season and for him to also be on Scott's roster right now, like it's, there's a lot of stars aligning. You know, obviously he had to do the right thing at the right time, and so does Kenneth Walker. Uh, but everybody's performing at the top level, so everything's just working out the way it does. So, yeah, like how many points you're going to put up the first four weeks isn't going to be the same as it is the last four weeks. Right. Uh, and then it, I did find I did find some interesting stuff to dig into with the – I mean, nobody is scoring against me. I I am very lucky there. I have literally no control over what people score against me with 
a super, super minor caveat being that if I know that a GM is going to need a certain position in a few weeks and I'm able to take somebody away from that position, which I've only done once this year, um, to, to kind of put them in a bad spot in their bye week. But there's only so much you can do. Otherwise, it's total luck how much gets scored against you. And there's an anomaly with the number of points scored against me. So I want to go through season by season since we became a 12-man league in 2018. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out the lowest scoring week of each of those seasons. So last year in week 13, Shauner put up 69.96 points. That was the lowest score in any week of the regular season in 2021. In 2020, it was Shauner again with 63.9 points in week seven. In 2019, in week 11, it was Shauner yet again. Three years in a row, Shauner had the lowest scoring week in, in the league. It was only 48.5 in week 11 of 2019. In 2018, which was our first year as a 12-man league, it was Payam with the 63.4. That was in week five. That was against you, Dorsey, and you only had a 68.3. I think that might have been the worst game in league history. Scoring worst lines. game, worst game, you know. <laughs> and then, And then of all time... Um, in week six of this season against me, Payam put a 45.8 up. Nobody has had that poor of a scoring week. So that week alone significantly dropped my overall points scored against by a pretty significant margin. Like you would normally expect a replacement team to score 80 or 90. So, so right there's like 35 to 40 points that didn't get scored against me in just one single week, which is a pretty big anomaly. That said, I'm really fucking lucky. And anybody who has such a small number of points scored against them in fantasy, like you've got to figure out how to take advantage of it. I'm very lucky that I eked out a couple of my wins and it's all credit to the piss poor managing by my opponents. So thank you everybody who helped me get to where I am. My prediction for the rest of the year is to struggle to be 500 in the remainder of my games. So Scotty, hopefully that answers all of your questions. Any other thoughts, Dorsey? I think you nailed it. So last week we had an item on the agenda. We didn't get to it. We were kind of packed full of other things to discuss. And I want to, I want to, uh, revisited this week. It's about that time of the season where Gronk might come out of retirement. So uh, you're in Tampa Bay, Dorsey. You you have your ear to the ground. Um, what do you think's going on with the Bucks? And do you think Gronk is worth everybody fighting for to add to their roster at this point in the season? Yeah, Gronk watch. I... Yeah, Brait went down. So last week we thought about starting Gronk Watch. It was probably a week early. But yeah, with as bad as Tom Brady's playing, I don't think he's super incentivized to, to jump back into the arena. If you had to guess, 
If somebody was to add Gronk, if you had to guess who it was going to be, what's your guess? Before I answer that question, I will. I do want to chime in. So locally, uh, one of the local uh, online publications had some article uh, with Gronk parting on a boat as the photo. And the tagline was something along the lines of like, uh, Gronk calls uh, his Tampa Bay downtown condo a piece of trash or something like that. <laughs> so apparently he, didn't, he, doesn't, he does not like the condo he purchased in downtown Tampa. Um, so I, I don't think he's coming back. Um, <laughs> Do you think there's a chance that he comes back to another team or is he only ever coming back if it's to play with Brady? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I, I don't think, I think he's probably just done. He's, who knows? Who knows? Did he, look, did he look pretty ripped on that boat photo in the Tampa Bay Times? He looks like he's playing weight. So there's a chance, but 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 you're thinking it's pretty unlikely. Yeah. And then as far as who would pick him up, uh, I'm going to go with Flex. Nice. I was thinking it would be Sam. Nice. Nice. Uh, let's move on to this week's award for the um, general manager who did the best job setting their lineups. Uh, the what do you bench, bro, best bench award, it's, it goes to Pine. You know, usually I write something for this. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I, I kind of, like, spend a few minutes before the podcast putting together a couple of quips, but Pine's in last place. It's, you know, what are you going to say? The award's not an honor, and the guy's in last, so I'm not going to, like, pick on him. It, he did not beat anybody either with his bench. So he put up 61. Uh, it was Shauner and Kenji came pretty close. Uh, Shauner almost got his fourth award with 51, um, as you pointed out. And then Scott almost did another victory lap because um, he already scored like 134 uh, for his active players and then 56 on his bench with people on by. Just stupid numbers. But um, Payam, congratulations on your best bench. Good work, Piam. You'll never even know that you won. And now, free advice. This week, Dorsey, we are going to do our randomization by you choosing a color of the rainbow. And that will correspond to one of the general managers. Violet. Violet is Seamus, the... So Scotty pronounced it the chalets. Is it chalets or chalelas? I believe it's the chalets. The chalets. So let's get the chalets pulled up. Shalag? Chale <laughs> no, it's just I always thought it was chalelas, but I have no idea. I don't know what that word is. Shalelay. Seamus, call in and explain your team name to us, please. I don't think Seamus listens to the podcast either. So George and I met before the pod and we wanted to bring a little order to the free advice segment. So we created five categories that we're going to run through as we look at everyone's rosters. First up is the hot drop. Who would we drop from this roster immediately? What do you got, Dorsey? The only reason to ho hold Odell Beckham Jr. would be if that's his keeper, which it very well might be. Um, but then otherwise... I think he's D 
deep enough in running back that he doesn't really need Rashad White from Tampa Bay uh, sitting around there doing him no good, no favors. Yeah, Rashad White, I understand why you want to hang on to a running back, but yeah, Sheamus is pretty deep at running back, and that's a spot that could be used on any number of receivers or tight ends that have been putting up way more points. Although he did add Beckham like eight days ago. He added Evan Ingram, who was on my long list of candidates to add this week. So he is bolstering other parts of his roster. But yeah, I agree with you on Richard White. I would get rid of that and find something better. All right. Our next free advice segment is who are we most jealous of? So obviously this is somebody that we would... um cherish and, and never let go of uh and and ride or die so and that for me is gotta be jalen hurts right i thought you were gonna say travis Etienne jr who you traded to sheamus very early in the season and who has completely taken over the number one spot on the depth chart for the jags I knew he was going to do that, but I, I just didn't have the time. I didn't have the time to wait. I, I, I needed an early season solution to some of my early season problems. But um, I'm happy that it's all, it's all working out. I, but no, Jalen Hurts is um, a stud this year, right? I mean, like, what, is he like the number three quarterback or something? Maybe the, number two, even. I think he's. I think he's the fifth overall player in fantasy for the year. So if that's not top three quarterbacks, then it's right on that borderline. Well, and whatever, yeah. So whatever he probably paid for him in the draft was well, well worth it. Um, and I would, yeah, that's who I'm jealous of. Yeah, he drafted him for $13. That may be a keeper. Although, here's who I'm the most jealous of. I... I've, I talked about this on the pod previously, but I had a rookie-heavy backup plan is my draft strategy. And he has a receiver from New Orleans, um, Chris Olave. Olave. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his name. We need to do a way better job of figuring out pronunciation before we record. Well, I do. Anyways, <laughs> so I had to pick between... At one point early in the season, I had to pick between him and Drake London for who I wanted to keep on my roster and I chose the wrong guy. So Seamus picked this guy up. I was hoping that, that Drake London was going to continue putting up really good numbers. He's pretty much disappeared and Olave looks like a, almost like a wide receiver one for new Orleans over the last four or five weeks. So that's who I would say I'm most jealous of. Uh, what do you think are the best and worst positions on Sheamus's roster? Well, quarterback, he's like I mentioned, he's you know got one of the top three guys, so that's pretty pretty damn strong for sure. And then his yeah, like now with Olave or however we want to pronounce it, his top three receivers are pretty solid. Although T Higgins is a little erratic. Um, DeAndre Swift was just injured a bunch, right? But he was putting up a bunch of numbers for a minute. So yeah, obviously his his running back depth is just not there at all. And he really needs DeAndre Swift to rebound in a strong way and for Travis Etienne to continue 
So he needs a lot to go right for his running back situation to pan out. His quarterbacks lock, you know, rock solid. Uh, and his wide receivers, I'd probably call like, um, you know, like a B plus. Yeah, league average wide receivers, not doing so hot with running backs. Definitely has nothing to worry about with quarterback. He's already passed the bye week as well, so he can ride Hurts the rest of the season pretty comfortably. What about depth? How deep would you consider Sheamus's roster? Uh, not very. Uh, that A.J. Dillon's kind of nice to have around in the wings, I guess. Um, sort of. Yeah, Evan Ingram was a nice pickup for a backup tight end, which I guess is nice to have. Um, uh, tight end situation. My tight end situation is awful because Waller's supposed to be a top three guy and is uh, injured and awful. But, you know, playing the streamer tight end game is is an absolute headache but yeah not very deep <laughs> I'll, I'll go on record and say that if you're adding somebody who's not even on an nfl roster and the latest news for that player says that they were their outlook was downgraded that you're having some depth problems so hopefully things will turn around for you seamus that sounds about right yeah but i mean we're a 12-man league so nobody's you know, John Holmes deep. Yeah, literally other than Scott. Scott's got depth for days. <laughs> Do you think uh, Seamus currently is four and three? He's in fifth place when you count tiebreakers. Do you think he's going to contend this year? I think he's got a couple cornerstones that can keep him competitive um, and that should probably allow him to ride that record to the playoffs. Um, if everything goes right, I, yeah, without looking into like how his buys line up and everything, um, and who he's got a bench win, but his starting set looks pretty good, um, to at least make the playoffs. But then from there, uh, he's got his work cut out for him. Yeah. Week one of the playoffs he, is week one, week 14, or is it 15, 16, 17? Oh, I have no idea. If it's 14, he's in trouble. He's got four four guys on by that week. But if it's 15, which I think it's 15, now that the season's expanded to 17 games, then, yeah, it's going to be a coin flip for him. I, I feel like he's – if he loses one of his top three guys to injury, he might not make it. But if he – as a healthy team, it looks like he's in okay shape to ride this out and make the playoffs. Uh, Dorsey, you have anything else before we wrap things up for the week? No, no, I don't. Let's go Chiefs. Let's go uh, the Barry Bonses. I need I need a rebound this week. I don't even know what I need this week. Jared Goff last week put up like two points for me. Like just absolutely shit the bed. I... <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, he did shit the bed. Okay. I um, I'm lucky this week. I've got, I've got Mahomes on by, so Frank had to pick up um, Daniel Jones. So I have a chance. I'm hoping Frank will only score like 73 points, and his roster will suck for one week, like everybody else has against me, and I'll keep this train rolling. But I'm not expecting that. Um, thanks for listening. 
And uh, please call in with your voicemails. The number is 310-751-0080. That's 310-751-0080. You can see everything that's going on with our league at fflpod.com. If you visit that site, it's easy to subscribe on your podcast app of choice. You can follow us on Twitter at Shit Talk Hotline. I'm not actually really tweeting much because nobody is following us. But if you follow us on Twitter, you can, uh, the DMs are open. You can send us messages there. And until next week, thank you for listening. And here's Chewy Knife. Try not to have any fun with this one.